Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Saturday night, ABC. Good game. Uh, undefeated number four Horned Frogs of TCU taking on number 18 Texas. Huge game. Coverage begins 7.30 Eastern. It's also available on the ESPN app. Meanwhile, before we start a new hour, take a look at this. Bartholomew Scott, Burke Emanuel Jr., Central Michigan. Take a look at the action as he is going to break a couple of tackles and he is going to the house. Oh, man. Oh, get out. Oh, come on, come on. That's what I'm talking about. Never doubt. Look like they got that piano on his back, but he, look, he must be a long strider. <laughs> oh, things may appear farther in the rear view. Oh, okay. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I that seems small in the rear view. <laughs> It's a touchdown. We welcome you back to the studio. We are having a spirited morning. At one point, Damian Whitty got up and walked away. Rob Ninkovich drew a picture. I don't know what's going on. Let's see what happens in hour number two. Live from the seaport, we are brought to you by Patron Perfection starts with Patron. And our top story of the day could wind up changing everything in Buffalo. The quarterback of the Super Bowl favorite, Bills, continues to nurse an injury to his throwing elbow. Here was Coach Sean McDermott yesterday with an update on Allen's status. It does not sound great. What I've got on Josh is uh, uh, he's day-to-day, and the next question will be, is he going to play? And the answer is, we'll see. Um, so based on the medical report that, that we have, uh, Josh is day-to-day. I'm not answering any more questions about Josh, uh, his status, medical report. I'm not a doctor to begin with. Um, so... He is day-to-day. Is he going to play? We'll see. We'll take it one day at a time. All right, two thoughts. One of them, that was an extremely Belichickian response. Second, I wish you could have seen it because as we were watching the video there of his arm getting hit, all three of the football players sitting here at the same time all grimaced and grabbed their elbows. D. Wood, I was looking right at you. Why? Why did you make that face? What is it you see when we watch that play? Pain. I mean, think Mm. think about the force that Josh Allen is coming back, you got a defender literally knocking the ball out of his hand and all that force is coming forth. I can only, ima- I can only imagine the stress and pain Josh Allen felt, you know, felt in that moment. And then for him two plays later to throw that absolute dime to Gabe Davis like 70 yards down the field, it's crazy. It's unheard of. You are Dr. Ninkovich. Talk to me. Talk me I, through this. Now that I see that, I play men's plus 35 softball and my UCL hurts a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> watching that. So... It is they worth would call me Dr. Ninko. I'd have the sign in my locker. People who come to me for non-professional you know, opinions because I'm not a professional and I had no education as a doctor. But I would say this. Having that injury is scary, especially when you have basically your whole franchise. The future yeah. of this team is riding on the wing, the Buffalo wing, which is kind of crazy to say. But yeah. the elbow and, and everything that they do moving forward has to be to protect him from himself and not putting himself out there too soon. Well, that's an interesting thought. For those who are not aware, this is the Tommy John ligament. Yes. It, it, it is very common, of course, in baseball amongst pitchers. They have a different torque. They have there, there are there are different elements to it. It is a more severe injury for a baseball pitcher than it is for a quarterback. That said, Dan Graziano, when Mike Tannenbaum was in here the other day and you were here that day, 
He was saying that there are people sitting in that building, not the ones in the locker room, but the ones upstairs, who know that this is a, a 10-year decision. That this well, is right. not just about winning this Super Bowl, mm -hmm. but to the point that you made. If he throws that thing out, and all of a sudden this becomes a much bigger problem, no, no number of games this year, even an individual season, is not worth risking the guy who is your franchise for the foreseeable future. Uh, and that's the main reason, one of the main reasons why I think they're, they'll, they're likely to be cautious. I, I would be surprised at this point if he plays this week because, you know, I mean, you see that there. You see, like, that, he wasn't even holding the elbow. He's grabbed, like, there's, there are nerve issues associated with this kind of injury and, and that you feel that in your hand and it affects how you grip the ball. So I, I think this is, they'll be cautious. My sense of it is, and it's tough, because they don't want to say he's out, they don't, and, and they don't have all the information that they're ultimately going to have, but my sense of it is the likelihood is that he would miss this game and maybe maybe more than that. Go ahead, D-Wood. You know, the, Nico brings up, brought up a good point, is like saving the player from himself. you got three players here. We talked about in the first hour, first hour how they, he, the Bills are only half a game up in the division. Yeah. Yeah. They're 0-2 in the division. So as a player, you start to think, Especially the quarterback, man, I can't miss time. Like, my team needs me. you also dealing with his elbow. You talked about this is a 10-year thing. Mm -hmm. But as a player, you think, you're not thinking about 10 years. You're thinking about, man, we got teams breathing down our necks in, in our own division. Well, let me show you, in case you should be wondering just exactly what Josh Allen is to that offense, the answer is everything. Mm -hmm. uh, he is 82% right. of their total offense, which is the highest percentage in the league by any player on any team. The Bills have scored 25 offensive touchdowns this year. Allen has accounted for 23 of them. Either he has thrown them or he has run them in himself. So this is everything to that offense. Now, their backup quarterback is Case Keenum. Les, you should be wondering, what are your thoughts? This is a tough one for me because, listen, Buffalo put everything into this season. You can talk about the future of this organization. Mm -hmm. This is an organization that's never won a Super Bowl. And you're trying to figure out how can I steal a victory? Because if you beat Minnesota, which is a very good football team, you, you can rest them for the next two weeks because you got Cleveland and you have Detroit after that. So it's one of those things. Do you think your team can beat the Minnesota Vikings, who have a very good record, 7-1, with Case Keenum? You would say it's, a, it's going to be a lot more difficult because this team doesn't run the football. Right. He is their run game. So you, you usually say, can we muddy it up? Can we lean on our defense and figure out a way how to steal a victory? It's tough. To your point. All of you guys, Nico, you were the one who started it on this show, have talked about how hard it is to play at Buffalo. Yep. That is one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. You made a point they only have one toilet in the visitor's locker room. Yeah. Bad experience. We all understand the weather. We all understand the fans are crazy. Mm -hmm. So It's a must. I feel like we've looked into this season as though the Bills were going to be at home and now everything's going to have to go through there. Do they need to have that to get to the Super Bowl? I think they do, and I think mentally they already made that decision in their mind. That's why they went mm -hmm. all in, and yep. you talk about, you know, if they don't win this division, like this was that would have been uh, absurd for us to talk about Buffalo not winning the division. Mm -hmm. You know, so them not winning the division have to go on the road and have to play an extra game. So it, it's a tough decision that you have to make. You you would like to say that you, you err on the side of caution because you can hopefully make up some games, but you know, you got you know, got Miami on their backs, you know, going to you don't want to go to Tennessee. No. Is, is there any possibility that the Buffalo Bills use him as a, as a run-only quarterback? 
So they have dual quarterbacks. He's not going to throw a pass, but he would run a power. So it's 11 on 11 football. Right? Not even throw, throw the football. Just say, listen, you're going to run 10 snaps. You tell me. I, I, don't ask me that. They can possibly do that. They can you do that? that? You well, could why, possibly do that. Why would you want those hits on your quarterback? Well, the hits he, are fine. He, he takes the hits yeah, in the regular I, game, though. I mean, that's a, that's a whole other issue we talk about with Josh Allen, but, too. But he had it's a, like he takes a lot of hits. But he forced you to play 11 11. He had a 61 yard touchdown last week against the Jets. That's important. That's a big part of their run game. It, it, listen, they have to. They have to win. They have, This is their time. Their window is closing. They've been in their window for about three years so, before they have to start paying guys like Gabe Davis. So, I mean, yeah, to your point about Allen as a runner, they'll have to design a game plan for Case Keenum. Now, yeah. can you incorporate a package where you put Allen on the field? Jason Hill pack. He runs. It, it's an interesting idea. I don't know for a fact that that's in there. In there, but I mean, they, they Keenum. They think Keenum is good. They're not assuming they're going to lose because Keenum's in there. They can run the ball. They like their running backs. Well, they just Poirier don't get back? to them because they don't like to take the ball out of Josh Allen's yeah. hands. It's Poirier coming back. That's going to be Poirier big. Poirier didn't practice to to yesterday. For the record. Keenum has played with Stephon Diggs. Yes. For the Vikings. Got him to the NFC Championship game and then was replaced the following offseason by Kirk Cousins. Don't underestimate this the is a This is a 7-1 game you narrative. Put some respect on Kirk Cousins. The most famous saying, pass probably still mad. that Stephon Diggs it's ever power. It's at 1 o'clock, not a night game was thrown by Case Keenum okay next stop is Dallas obviously Buffalo that is the biggest story in the NFL the Cowboys however in the middle of something very interesting as they gear up for the second half for the receiving core that is thinner than it's been in the past years Micah Parsons and Ezekiel Elliott were talking yesterday about the possibility of adding a very familiar name he goes by the initials OBJ you can use him you know I think he's a great player uh, he'll expand his offense. He'll do more. You know, he's a guy that you want on the team. You know the type of player Odell is. Uh, you know, you know the type, how explosive he can be, and uh, you know what it could be for this offense. So, I mean, it'd be great to get him down here in Dallas. He definitely will fit in this locker room. We want OBJ. I love it. I'm all in. Why are you so skeptical? Why do you why do you always poo-poo all these good ideas? Because it's not a good idea. <laughs> yes, it is. And you only think it's a good idea because it helps your Dallas Cowboys. Right. You know, to me, I, I don't think that's the best place for him to go. And, and with you know, you look at now with Josh Allen injury, I don't know if that's the best place to go too, because he could be playing with Case Keenum if that elbow doesn't, you know, doesn't act right. I think the best place for him to go is the 49ers. They got about five million dollars in salary cap space. You go to a place where you're going to be like the third or fourth option. You can't ask a guy come off two back-to-back ACLs to come in and give you more than 20 snaps. We don't know if that thing can hold up. And if you put him under duress and, 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 and you depend on him, it can tear again. You can't so, count on that. The Cowboys feel like another place where that you got, you're the guy who's telling me they're going to catch Philly and win the division, and you get him in the building right now. So as he rehabs, he can be learning the offense and getting comfortable doing whatever a player can do till he's ready to get out there on the field. And then he makes the one play. No one is suggesting OBJ becomes a team's leading receiver this year. But there could be one game you win because he makes one play. He is that kind of different. The potential still to make that kind of difference. And that could be for the Cowboys the difference between getting to the Super Bowl and not. I, I, listen, I, I said it earlier this year. If there was one team I, I, you know, that I felt OBJ could go to, Dallas Cowboys, considering the losses that they had at the wide receiver position. Mari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, both of them left in the offseason. They need another, another weapon on the outside. Need. But, they do. I think they do need another piece on the outside. This, that's not their idea. They still want to run the football, but add another weapon on the outside. I think that would be a good idea. And they don't need him now. You bring him into the building, keep rehabbing, let him learn the offense, 
it's only down the stretches when, okay, let's, let's see if you can bring some of that playmaking ability in the passing game. I feel the need to continuously remind the audience that they traded Amari Cooper to Cleveland for a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Mm. What do you think, OBJ? No, I, th- I think OBJ it, it should take this year off. He should rehab, recover, come back next year, and be ready to go. If you push yourself in a position, especially after two ACLs, I've said it before, if anything happens... God forbid that third would be the end of his career. That's no fun. No, no. Dan. That's, but he's right. Like, the part of it that I seized on, Ezekiel Elliott said, we know what kind of player he is. No, you don't. No, and right. that's, I think, the important thing for people to understand. Like, coming off a second ACL repair, like, th- th- we don't know if he's going to be able to help. We don't know when he's going to be able to help. I've been told mid-December is the most likely return, so we're still a ways away from that. The most interesting thing that was said in our meeting this morning was said by you, Dan Graziano, because I brought up that Tannenbaum said here, someone should get him in their building right now so we can start working into their program. And what did you say? It's a great idea. And the fact that no one has done it tells you how far away teams believe he is from actually being able to help. He hasn't gone on a visit. He hasn't taken a physical anywhere. I think the answer when... His agent calls teams is, call us when he's healthy. So maybe uh, he isn't going to be someone's difference maker, but maybe he is. It'll be fascinating to see. One thing is for sure, the stars with the stars on their helmet would like to see him in town. In the meantime, as we continue, if the season cannot be saved in Green Bay, is there a scenario where the Packers would do the unthinkable bench their legendary quarterback? Trust me, we have disagreement in our room. Plus, there's Petty. And then there's this, <laughs> Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll trading barbs about wristbands. You don't want to miss this. Next, get up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. 
So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. We're back on Get Up, and let's figure out who should be on upset alert as we head into this weekend in the NFL. Hey, Ninko, will the Seahawks upset the Bucks in Munich? Yes, yes, they will. I mean, just look at what the Seahawks have been able to do. Uh, Geno playing amazing. The Seahawks have outperformed what anybody thought their expectations were coming into the season. So I like the way this team's playing offensively and defensively. Yes, if you're wondering at home, Tampa is favored in this game. You're thinking, why would that be an upset? It's because it would be an upset. D. Wood with a cold upset the Raiders. Listen, I love my, my man Jeff Saturday, but no. No. Like, like it, there's just so much going on. Besides the fact they don't have a quarterback. Like, they don't they don't have any offense in Indianapolis. So, as, as bad as the Raiders have looked, this situation in India is, is dire. I'm picking the fighting Saturdays with my heart in every way. <laughs> Saturdays on Sunday. Bartholomew, will the Broncos upset the Titans? Let me think about it. Mm, no. The only ride that's going to be happening from the Denver standpoint is the defenders riding on King Henry's back as he's <laughs> running down. I tell you what, listen, there's no shot. This Tennessee team plays so well, man. They, they understand exactly who they are, and they, they, they know their assignment. Physicality, put you in the phone booth, and beat you with a bag of nickels. So let's see if they do that to Russell Wilson. Now, I want to set this one up because the exchange from a distance – between Pat, uh, Pat, Pete Carroll, excuse me, I almost said Pat Riley for no reason. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson yesterday was fascinating. It started with Carroll, of course, the longtime coach in Seattle, talking about what is helping Geno Smith this season. He started talking about a wristband. So you're going to hear that, then you're going to hear Russell Wilson's response. If you notice, Geno's going off the off the wristband, you know, and that's that's a big help. It's 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 smoothed things out, sped things up, cleaned things up, and and that's that's part of it too. And and you know, we we never did that before. There was resistance to that, so we didn't do that before. Won a lot of games there without one on the wrist. Put it, you know, and uh, I didn't know uh, winning or losing mattered if you wore a wristband or not. Ooh. Can, can I say something? Can I say something real quick? Fight. When we were talking about this in the meeting. Just listening to that is a lot more spicy than, than what we were talking about. Uh-huh. Right. It, it really was. Yeah. So Pete, right. Pete uses okay. the word resistance. Yeah, resistance. And and by Russell Wilson's yeah, standards, true. that was an, an outburst, right? Like, by, by, by the standards of Russell yeah. getting mad and saying something controversial. Agitated. You got mad? That, that was bordering. By his standards, that was agitated. So what do you take from that? that but Pete Carroll is basically saying... We all wondered what was the relationship there and everything yeah. else that's gone in. And Russell goes to Denver. We've seen how it's gone. We don't have to wonder. That's like it wasn't very good, man. Yeah. But that's very good. <laughs> so, so now Pete Carroll's basically saying Russell wouldn't wear the wristband, right. and it's helping that he does. And now here's Russell's response. What do you think of all this Bartholomew? Well, it just tells me how empowered and how emboldened um, Russell Wilson was. The fact that you know you have respect for your head coach, and if they thought it was something that would help the offense, he was resistant to it. I don't know what he thought that would mean because everybody wears Tom Brady wears a wristband, right? You talk about it allows you, one, to get the play called earlier so that you can get to the line of scrimmage and make the adjustments. But if he's resistant to it, then it's saying, like, you know, okay, you're hurting the team. And um, if you look at it right now, you know, who would you rather have, Geno or Russell Wilson? So <laughs> well, maybe Pete Carroll protected Russell Wilson from himself, and then he just got tired of the shenanigans. He was too much to handle, too devious. In case you're wondering who you'd rather have, I'm sorry, but I have to show this. 
Just to make it clear <laughs> just oh, how much better Geno Smith has been. And bear in mind, this was a season, the trading away of Russell Wilson was perceived by everyone to be Seattle rebuilding and yeah. Denver going to the Super Bowl. Well, a funny thing has happened on the way to that. Look at Geno Smith's numbers this season. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and Russell Wilson is one of the worst. Those are the numbers. Take them for whatever you will. Danny, go. And I think that's part of why Pete Carroll's firing unprovoked shots at Russell Wilson. <laughs> the Seahawks are feeling themselves, and the reason is the Seahawks won the Russell Wilson trade. I mean, yes. the, all the draft picks. take a loan. They, with, the, with the first round pick they got back, they drafted the kid who is now their starting left tackle, and he's playing great, and, and they nailed the draft. By the way, they have Denver's first round pick next year, which I guarantee it right now projects to be a top 10 pick. I don't know where it ends up. But, I mean, think about it. You could be the Seahawks. You could go to the playoffs and still end up having a top five or ten pick out of this deal. And it, and it seems like they're not too upset to be rid of them. So, look, there are three legendary, and I'm going to put legendary in, in, uh, in, in air quotes here, quarterbacks in the NFL who are struggling this season. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are two of them. Their legacies are set mm -hmm. in stone. There's literally nothing, no, no matter how badly their seasons go, that are going to impact how we remember them. They're two of the greatest of all time, and of that there is no debate. And then the third is Russell Wilson. And I think that, to a large degree, his legacy is going to be written in large part based upon what happens here in Denver. And it is very early to say that it's certainly no way to say it can't succeed, but I'm not sure, Ninko, that it could possibly have started worse than it has started. No, it is it is started terribly. And if you think about his age as well, he has a long way to go. So he has to correct this thing. He has to turn this around. Or we're going to be talking about the difference in how he fell off from leaving Pete Carroll. Just plain and simple, yeah. how he, he left Pete Carroll and his play declined. It, oddly enough, it's almost the same debate we had about Brady and Bill, right? Who was more important? Yeah. And now we know who was more important. Maybe Pete Carroll was protecting Russell Wilson from himself and put him in a bubble and coddled him a little bit, and he didn't realize. It's almost like Rocky IV when you tell him, like, yo, they were bums. It was all set up before he fought Clubber Lane because mm -hmm. he was a real fighter. Oh, Rocky I mean, III. Yeah, yeah, no, Rocky, Rocky III. III. That was Rocky III. Rocky's right. Get a Rocky's right. I apologize. Okay. No, but the point is still well made. And look, you could put – you could put six wristbands on That's me. That's what I would do if, if I was if I, I was Russell on Sunday. Just, I'd come out with wristbands. As many wristbands, if you can get your stats to look like Geno Smith, so put like, them on your calves. So man. Russell was before the season started. People would say, "Yo, he he's probably a Hall of Famer." I think you know right now he's not, and if it continues to go this way, he'll be remembered for a guy that won with a great defense mm. and not a guy yeah. that was a great quarterback. Oh, by the way, they traded away, to Dan's point, almost everything in the world to get him, and they signed him to a contract that's worth a quarter of a billion dollars that they're not getting out of anytime soon. So if, if this really is going to go this way, this is only the beginning of it going this way. Well, I mean, think about this. You're talking about an indictment on Russell Wilson in this trade. The fact that the Denver Broncos traded away one of their best defenders to try to recoup a pick, a, a first-round pick in this whole scenario. That wasn't yeah. supposed to happen with the Denver Broncos. They were supposed to be the Super Bowl favorite, and they were going to be off and running. But the fact that they said, you know what? We're in such a bad spot. We need to trade one of our best defenders to try to recoup picks, to try to rebuild around Russell Wilson. And because they, they figured out they couldn't pay him. Uh, the, the defender you're talking right. about. Because That's yeah. the other thing, right? Probably yeah. they pay Russell in Wilson. In part, no, no doubt about it.
Carl, this is like... It, 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 look, it is yeah. too soon to say these things, but that number... Put that back up on the screen, Cindy, That's if it's crazy. not too late to do it. Look how much... I know that people generally know this, but when you actually see it, look how look much the, they traded. There's Shelby still a Harris one and a two coming. You know, do you know, All three of those rookies are starting. And, for the ball and, and playing ball well. It. Here's the point I'm going to make. Once upon a time, Jimmy Johnson traded a great running back named Herschel Walker yeah. for a hole and turned that, used that trade yep. to turn into a Super Bowl team, a team that won three <laughs> Super Bowls in four years. Oh, Senator? Is Never that how we're Herschel I mean, Herschel Walker, Walker obviously in the news understand. for other reasons right now. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, 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 who knows if someday we look back on this trade and we say Seattle built a mini dynasty on the Russell Wilson trade. Hmm. Could that be Aaron Rodgers? Oh. <laughs> yeah, the reboot to the reboot, baby. It, it you can been. get that for it, it, Russell Wilson. It, it could have been, but the Packers decided to keep and sign Aaron Rodgers instead when he decided to stay there or else guess where he'd be? Denver. Denver. Yeah. yeah, except except maybe he knew something about Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, the rest of us didn't late, know yet. Okay, we, we're, we're going to get to Rodgers in just a minute. It may sound unthinkable, <laughs> but Rodgers, if he can't save a season in Green Bay, is it possible that his team actually considers putting him on the bench I'm going to ask that question, and then I'm going to duck as we continue. Get up on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we are back, and we are uh, somewhat uncomfortably close to each other, so I'm going to hold the papers <laughs> over here. Uh, so we could see the passing single-season passing record fall this year. Patrick Mahomes is yeah, on pace oh, yeah. to break it. Who held the record for most passing yards in a season? Before the schedule expanded to 16 games in 1978. The one I, I went right to was Namath because Namath had a 4,000-yard season in, like, 1968 before it was even a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if anybody had one after that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Joe Namath. Joe Namath of the Jets. That is correct. Joe Namath is right. 4,007 yards in 1967, parenthetically the year of my birth and my favorite player ever. Patrick Mahomes is on pace to break that in what would be a 17-game season. Let's take a look at the scoreboard. It is now an oh, eight-point advantage. You so you can't get you can't get cocky though. No, you, you got to keep it. You got to keep your foot on the gas. But for Himbo to catch up to you now, he's going to have to go for the two. So that is a big advantage that we have there. Meanwhile, let's talk about Tom Brady in later Hosen because he's going to Munich this weekend as the Buccaneers will play the Seahawks. And here's the question that I have: After watching those thrilling final 45 seconds that he authored against the Rams on. Uh, to pull out a stunning win on late Sunday afternoon. Has he found the secret? Will that be the springboard to the Buccaneers turning around what has been a startlingly disappointing season? Did they figure it out that day? Hell no. Listen, (laughs) that was one of the worst games that I've seen all year. It was two bad teams going at each other. Yes, did we see uh, uh, classic Tom Brady in like 15 seconds or whatever it was at the end of the game? Yes, but... There is nothing, there was nothing in that game that tells me, oh yeah, I saw a spark. 
I saw something that's going to ignite this team and get this team going. Let me turn to another former Tom Brady teammate and just ask, if you saw him after the game and you listened to him after the game, he looked like a person, someone made the comment, he looked 10 years younger mm-hmm. after that game. And maybe, <laughs> just maybe, he knows how to use that to sort of galvanize and, and get started whatever has not been going right so far. Do you buy it? Nah. It's no for German. Now you're speaking German? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, No, I don't think that's going to happen considering their offensive struggles have looked pretty bad. I was watching that Rams game, Tampa game. I was sitting there like, wow, these teams really were in the playoffs that deep last year? They don't look like anything of the sort right now. So I look at that, the end of the game, it doesn't really tell me anything. I'm looking at the body of work from the last. Oh, uh, season. Yeah. And it, the whole season, they've looked off in the early parts. Okay, they had something, and then it just fell apart. So they don't have a running game, offensive line struggling, defense, where'd that go? I don't see it coming. Bart, the problems they have on the offense in particular, they seem to stem from the worst place. Because for all of us who pay attention to where the football is all the time, the reality is the interior of the offensive yeah. line is what is killing this team, right? Can that be fixed? I mean, listen, it'd have to be some type of job by Byron Leftwich to kind of figure out how they can be effective. You know, the good thing is they're playing in NFC South, so six or seven games may win you the division. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, you're going to get somebody to come. You, go, you get opportunity to host a playoff game. But does, am, I, am I sure? Do I, do, am I confident? No. But I don't put anything past Tom Brady, but I, they look done. They look done, and Tom Brady, you know, looks done. And, and Leonard Fournette, all of a sudden, he can't break tackles, right? He used to be one of these – you know, yards after you know, you, you, yards after contact type of guys. They just can't keep going that way. You can't put that much on a what? I don't want to call it fifty. What, He's forty-five years old. Forty-five years old. He's forty-five years old. Let's put the yeah. let's put the picks up on the screen here uh, with Seattle. The Buccaneers are favored in this game, by the way, which I know has a lot of people surprised because the Seahawks have looked so good and the Buccaneers have looked so bad. Oh, we're not going to do the picture because we have the, the, the tiny helmets coming up in just a oh, moment here. Oh, anybody anybody buying that? Well, I don't even want to give it away then. Why don't we just do it? Let's get ourselves to the helmets. That was my fault. I jumped into that prematurely. It is time. And we have been missing this big fella doing it for a while. A large man and a big mallet going to smash some tiny helmets. Let's go. Sure. Welcome to the most dangerous this segment. Very- big man, tiny helmet. Who's getting smashed? Tom Brady's not going to like that. That was an excellent match. <laughs> that stung a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It's shrapnel everywhere. How? Back up a little bit. Okay. How about that? Now he's out of here. There's no coming back from that. Oh, man. All right, here we go. The most dangerous segment in sports television. This very big man is going to smash some tiny helmets, and that's how he picks the game. So, I jumped the gun. You're going to start by picking Tampa and Seattle. The game is in Munich. Uh, Brady's team is actually favored by three points, which, again, has a lot of people surprised because they've been very bad. Seattle's been very good. D. Wood, smash the loser. Yep. Oh, look at that. Look at that right there. Oh, that I thought pretty, that was pretty clean. That, that, was, that was pretty clean. Good. That was, that was pretty good. That, a little bit. Just a little bit, but that's pretty good. Listen, I think the Seattle Seahawks, to me, might be the best story of the of this season. Geno Smith, I mean, right now, locked for comeback player of the year. He's playing like an MVP type of quarterback. I love all the young pieces that they have. And we just talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Like, they just look old and slow and disinterested. They're not a good football team anymore. Does anyone disagree with that? Is nope. anyone here taking Tampa in this game? No. Nope. I'll tell you what, team. this is a smelly line, as my friend Hembo likes to say sometimes. <laughs> For the Buccaneers to be favored in this game tells you somebody knows something. I like Tampa. Give the points. 
Uh, okay, Vikings, Bill, speaking of the points, I want to show you the way this line has moved over the course of the week. Wow, it could be going. Ooh. Oh, no. This is Bill's Vikings. On Sunday, you can tell Vegas thought Josh Allen was playing. Right now, they do not. The line has moved five points over the course of the week, which suggests, as we all have suspected all morning long, and we led each hour with it today, do not expect to see Josh Allen. It should be Case Keenum. So with that in mind, uh, and that's the point spread, Bills, Vikings, smash the loser. Oh, yes. (laughs) Himbo, you all right over there? Okay, you good. Yeah. The face mask gonna be shirtless today. Stayed exactly <laughs> yeah. in place. And the helmet just flew. A- absolutely. Listen, listen, this one is this one is pretty simple for me. No Josh Allen, no go for the Buffalo Bills. I know they got a pretty solid team all around with the Buffalo squad, but when you're talking about a guy who accounts for what was the stat, Greeny? Like 82%. 82%. They have scored 25 touchdowns. He has accounted for 23 passing or running. Yeah, if that guy's not playing, they're not beating the uh, they're not beating the seven one minutes. Anyone think so? And anyone at, at this t- at this table before we go to the last game? Any raise your hand if you think I, I'll go with the Bills win. Yeah, I'm Bills win. Bills win. Bills win. Okay, there we go. Final one. Cowboys Packers. Uh, the uh, Cowboys are a four and a half point favorite. Smash the loser. Oh, that's it. <laughs> you did a great job. Oh, this, this, was, very this, was, this actually might be my best work today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think mean, it's been my well best done. work. Well done. Yeah, my week, you rested. Yeah, I'm very rusty. Yeah. Were yeah. You practicing at home? Uh, I do. I do have a mallet okay, at home. Yes, I do. Go ahead. Um, yeah, listen, this one is pretty simple for me. I mean, you talk about the Green Bay Packers. They're on a five-game losing streak. The offense uh, stinks. Defense not playing at the par. And the Dallas Cowboys championship-level defense. Dak Prescott is back playing well. They're able to run the football. This one is simple to me, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, this was just a clean destruction of the Packers' helmet here. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, basically, this is what their season looks like. But didn't someone here <laughs> say they like Green Bay to win this week? Who was that someone? Mm. Yeah, a lot. He's got We will see. All right, the helmets have been smashed. The table has been set. First take is coming up next here on ESPN. Should the Bills rest Josh Allen Sunday against the Vikings? Will Tampa Tom and the Bucks make a run? First take, Molly, Stephen A., Dan Orlovsky, and more. Six minutes away here on ESPN. Wow. Before we give way to first take, we show you halfway through the NFL season at Caesars. uh, The Bills remain the favorites to win the Super Bowl at plus 280. They're followed by the Eagles and the Chiefs, who are at 5-1. to Those are what Las Vegas thinks. Here is what our crew thinks. I asked every member of the show today which teams will reach the Super Bowl, seeing what we've seen so far. So I see Chiefs-Eagles. I see Chiefs-Eagles. I see Ravens-49ers. And Bills, Cowboys. Yeah. That's some off the outside the box picks. Uh, D Wood, what, what, t- talk to me about the Cowboys getting to the Super Bowl. I just think that you know they weathered that storm with the uh, the backup quarterback going four and one, and I just think with their defense, they have a championship level defense. Dak Prescott, NFC. Not a particularly strong conference. And you're buying the 49ers. Yeah, this is the rematch. You talk about nobody wants to play the 49ers in the playoffs. You talk about packing your defense and CMC. Also, the Baltimore Ravens on the other side, man. Nobody wants to play the Baltimore Ravens either. And how about the Andy Reid Bowl? You two guys yeah. are both forecasting. hate to go off the bills, but this, this Josh Allen Injury. thing and the way that division stacks up right now has me a little concerned. Yeah, yeah. me too. 
That would be a And I like the Andy Reid storyline. I want to wish my buddy Jamie Marshall a happy 50th birthday. Oh, Very nice. And happy Chris Candy, 40 burgers. Chris Candy, yeah. 40 years old Whoa. today. Happy Don't get birthday. the gout. Happy Don't get birthday. the gout. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> the stage starts now. Let's go.